in staff meeting last week after we read this gospel lesson, someone, and I think it was Samantha, uh, pondered for us what sort of chasm that must have been. What kind of chasm is it? What kind of canyon, what kind of gap, what kind of ravine must it be to be so complete that you could never cross from one side to the other and yet be close enough to carry on a conversation? What sort of chasm might that be? Then on Sunday when Father Chuck preached on this text, he reminded us that the Bible really doesn't usually say a lot about the afterlife and that as he hears this parable, this story that Jesus tells isn't really about heaven and hell, it's about this life. And that Jesus, like many preachers, recognizes that when you talk about heaven and hell, when you talk about death, you tend to get people's attention. Death, after all, is the great attention getter, that when it comes, we cannot ignore it. Jesus seems instead to be using this image about heaven and hell, this image about death, to teach us something about this life. But I wonder then where that chasm really comes from. For years, this rich man, whose name we do not know, feasted sumptuously at his table every day, wearing clothes of purple and fine linen. How exhausting it must have been to eat like that every day, every meal, fatty foods, rich foods, marrow foods. Gout was probably a problem for this man. Can you imagine living a life where you're not even able to see beyond your next decadent dish? And all the while, there was a man whose name was Lazarus, who was not in the house, not at the table, but out at the gate, lying by the end of the driveway, spending his time hoping, wishing, and praying for anything he could find. So desperate was he that he dreamt of eating the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, the crumbs that the dogs ate, the same dogs who came and licked his sores, how lowly this character Lazarus was that even stray dogs licking his wounds was a source of comfort. And as the years went by, a gap began to widen between them, a gap that the rich man couldn't see or wouldn't see. Over the years, it's hard, isn't it, to have rich food on your table and to look at, to acknowledge those around us who go hungry? It's painful to see them. So we stop looking. And as the years go by, the way it is, the gap that exists, begins to feel like the way it's always been. And then it starts to feel like it's the way it always will be. And it isn't until they both die that the scales seem to fall away from the rich man's eyes and he discovers this, this infinite gap that exists between them. The kind of gap that separates those who think of other human beings merely as instruments for their own relief. That's the kind of gap you can't cross. Father Abraham sinned him to come and dip his finger into the water and cool my tongue, I'm in agony. Father Abraham, send him back to my father's house so that my brothers might not come into this torment. What does it mean when we suddenly look and discover that gap that stretches between us? 
What does it mean for us to recognize where Abraham and Lazarus and the prophets and the people of God are to be found? It's easy, isn't it, in this life to look for blessings among the rich and the prosperous and the powerful and the comfortable and the secure. But Jesus tells this story about heaven and hell because Jesus wants us to recognize that that gap exists but that God's people are found not on the side with the nameless rich man, but God's people, God's way, God's will is found on that other side of the gap and that you can't really cross back and forth. It's not that kind of gap that a bridge can span. It's the kind of chasm that you either live on one side or the other. And Jesus seems to be inviting those who hear him to not wait until we have died to see the gap that exists and the gap that is widening between us. Jesus came not to eat at the rich man's table, but to sit on the side of the road and beg for the crumbs that he could get. Jesus came to take upon himself to dwell with, to be the poor among us. Must we die before we see that? We've got Moses and the prophets to tell us for all of our history with God. God has been telling us where God is to be found, but it's really hard to find God if you're not looking. It's really hard to see where God is if you don't even recognize that infinite gap that stretches between us. Jesus comes to transform us and our greed. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit that we might be a part of that transformation. That in this life, not only in the next life, but in th that in this life, we would find ourselves on God's side, Abraham's side, Lazarus's side of that, that gap. If we aren't there, where will we be?